Welcome back to Brothers King Talk. My name is Samuel. And I am JP. Samuel, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good, I think. <laughs> Thought you weren't going to finish that sentence there. <laughs> I am. You're right. You're right. You know, I think we all are. <laughs> I mean, it's better than being not. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, with all this uh, craziness, quarantine craziness, COVID-19, it's nice to stay home, and it's nice to listen to some music from the past. So how about we uh, take our time machine back to 1965? How does that sound? That sounds good. Um, so today we're going back to 1965, and we're listening to Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Man, that could have been cut down by about six syllables. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and the song that we're going to be listening to today is A Wooly Bully. Wooly All right, so before we get into Wooly Bully, uh, do you have any interesting facts for us about 1965? Yeah, yeah, I got one. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to find really happy facts. Um, I'm trying to trying to stick with the happiest facts that I can find. Well, and... this is right around the start of the Vietnam War, right? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to. It's hard to stay away from politics and World War <laughs> and just stuff like that. But I did find something good. So on December 9th. Uh, what we probably consider an annual tradition um, was the very first year that a Charlie Brown Christmas special would air on CBS and, uh, again, became an annual tradition for uh, people all around the world. Dude, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I could talk to you a whole entire episode about this, just this that episode. Oh, yeah. That special, um, because it has so much cool history behind it. Yeah, I, I love the Charlie Brown, Brown Christmas special. It is it, pretty phenomenal. It's very good. It's it's definitely uh, definitely a must watch at least once a year uh, around Christmas time. Hey, maybe I'll be honest, sometimes. I didn't watch it until two years ago. Really? But I loved it. I I was like, this is just so perfect. I love. I think I might have. Uh, I think I might have my VHS tape with it still. Like I might have it in uh, the other room. So, yeah, it's it's still around. It's definitely still around, and it's a fantastic special. But, but yeah, December 9th of 1965. Um, so now that we got into talking about pleasant stuff, let's talk about other stuff. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Still too many syllables. Um, so I will say before I start this, I think rather you like this song or not, depends on how much you grew up with the oldies. Um, my wife, who grew up with the oldies, loves, you know, grew up with the station, oldie station on stuff, loves this song. She's like, oh, yeah, this is a classic. Mm. Okay. <laughs> not my exact thoughts on it, personally. Um, <laughs> and I never heard it before now. Right. In fact, when I first heard it, I kept on thinking um, – that it sounded like another song. Yeah. And I'll get into it. It actually sounds like five different songs. Um, Makes sense. But before I get into all that, what are your th initial thoughts here, JP? Okay. So I don't know if you used, I don't know if how you watch it. I don't know if you watch the music video. I don't know if you watch like just uh, like a still image, but you know, I, I watched the music video. I go or like, I just YouTubed it. And my first initial thoughts is when the video ended, the thoughts in my mind were, what did I just watch? 
and what has just entered my ears. Um, because initially, I was not exactly on board, but it began to kind of grow on me, right? Uh, so I watched the music video, and I got the full experience, and I have to say, the music video lays, makes less sense than the song itself. Um, so it's just, it was just very weird, but here, uh, so I'll hit on the music first because, you know, it's really catchy and the inclusion of that saxophone solo halfway through the track really just mm, gave me life. That was fantastic. Um, because like, you know, we've talked about how much I love jazz music and I love solos in music. So that solo just made me really, really happy. Um, the music is very simplistic, um, overall, and really not much to write home about, but that that saxophone solo is just, oh, it's so good. So good. What do you think? So, um, <laughs> I'll get into my final thoughts on the song in a minute, but let me go into a little bit of the history of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song actually only reached number two, um, but it was popular enough to be the number one song of the year. Mm-hmm. This was... I'm reproduced later where billboards chose the number one song of the year that never actually reached number one. That mm. wasn't reproduced until 2000, I believe by faith Hill. Really? Yes. Um, so this song was never actually a number one song, but I think what it was just was popular enough and stayed at near the top of the charts enough. Mm. It's also a reworking of a song called Holy Gol- Holy golly. Now, Holy golly. Now, by Big Bo and the Arrows, which itself is a reworking of Feeling Good by Junior Parker. Okay. Um, so this song is actually just, in, in general, it's just a blues riff. Um, you're just right. following a general blues scale, and no one can really claim a copyright to a scale, I think. Yeah. So, but it's still considered a reworking of those songs. Of all the versions, though, the Wooly Bully is the most realized version of that song. Mm-hmm. Probably more due to its production than anything. Sure. And um, the lyrics and reworking was actually by the front man of this group, Domingo Sam Samudio. I hope I'm I'm butchering that name so bad, I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, right. So he's actually the one who reworked this. And the lyrics themselves are essentially just gibberish. Um, Wooly Bully was just there to replace Holy Golly. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the name of Sam's cat. And the rest of it is just, um, he just pit fillers in there to kind of fill in the music. Yeah. Um, with uh, the closest thing to anything approaching logic being, um, let's not be L7. Because that means not to be square. Like, you're making a square with your fingers. One of them's an L, one of them's a 7. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was wondering what that meant until I looked it up. Makes sense. Uh so yeah, that's just it's just a it's just a gibberish song that's meant to be fun, just a goofy fun. Um, well, yeah, you know, I, and I, I, I didn't even watch the music video. I'll be honest, I didn't even know there was one. Okay, well, I've got lots to say about the music video because oh my gosh, it's all over the place. Um, but so you know, obviously the lyrics are weird. Uh, lyrics that would make more sense that they're gibberish because you know I was just hearing the words "wooly bully" over and over and over again. Um, but the lyrics are just that it's not just that they're so weird, but it's like the, the, there's this one lyric that just says, Maddie told Hattie about the thing, a thing she saw 
had two big horns and a woolly jaw. And I'm just like, I don't know what that person is trying to describe. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the goal is here. Uh, you know, and so it's got to be another one of those club songs. It, you can't be you can't imagine anyone listening to this music uh, for like just pleasure. Like they throw a record on and this is the song that comes on. Uh so it has to be another where the lyrics are just not the focus and the music is driving and people are dancing. And uh, with that solo, it's just something to make people happy. Um, and so that w- that makes way more sense that the lyrics are just absolute gibberish because, man, was I confused. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this, th- I-, I will say this, and-, and I mentioned it in the last episode, you know, this show has given me such a new perspective on music you know through the years because we get to see the real like almost the real-time changes that are happening throughout the years and the decline away from more you know orchestral and orchestrated music uh with movie with more moving and passionate lyrics uh to the rise of a driving bass line and more no nothing lyrics would you would you kind of agree with that um, to a degree, I feel like what changed is we got into um, the appealing to the younger demographic. Mm-hmm. And um, it also, it's, I mean, mu- making music has always been about making money. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it wasn't always considered the huge moneymaker it was for 50 years of our history. Sure. Um, even today, with me, with record sales declining, music is still a multi-million dollar industry. Mm-hmm. But I think prior to the late 50s, it wasn't. I think it was what you did in bars, um, and you picked up a few tips, right? A modest living. Right. It wasn't until the radio and record stores that it really took off. So... What started happening around the late 50s, 60s, is we stopped writing lyrics that was just for ourselves. Right. Um, and we started writing lyrics that appealed to the widest demographic possible. Yeah. And um, sometimes that's for the better. I mean, I think there are some strong lyrics that come, but there was that little um, spell of about six, seven years where, at least as far as, far as mainstream success... Um, there wasn't a whole lot of deep lyrics being written. Right. Yeah, and I, so I think, uh, I think you know, things, it, it's kind of the rise, the fall, the decline, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, now we're in the 60s, where are we going to be in like the 70s and the 80s? Because obviously we're only about, you know, we're only about 20 episodes in, um, you know, 1946 is when this all began, so... 20 years later, you know, how different the music is and how different lyrics are. Uh, I'd be surprised when we get to like the 1980s and, and hear how different um, the, the connection to lyrics and music and if they're really being written for an audience or being written for the artist. So I think it's just it's very cool to, to kind of see and gauge something like that in real time. Yeah, I agree. Um, it is. It's fascinating to uh, kind of see, um, well, like pop music and the rock artist as we know it was a new thing, right? Like all this stuff that we're like, we take for granted nowadays, um, you know, the uh, the garage band that writes all their own songs becoming mm-hmm. an overnight success. 
yep. or um, the person getting by just on their sheer force of personality or um, the record producer bleeding his artists for money while he uh, while they are out touring and doing drugs. This was all just being invented. Right. And we just take all that for granted now. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah, even one-hit wonders were still being invented at this point. It's just it's, it's crazy to think. Right, yeah. Um, the stuff that we take for granted as ancient history is actually fairly recent in history. Yeah, absolutely. So, as for the song itself, back to the matter of the gravy, as it were. Um, this song is what I think of when I think of ridiculous 60s songs. Um, at its best, I think it's a dumb kid song, but not even a good way. Because I love children's music. Like there is good children's music that exists um, when it's intelligent and people actually care. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be giants is a good example. Uh, Veggie Tales is a good example. Like there is kids music that can be interesting. This mm-hmm. I don't feel like is, um, and I don't know. The song just feels super dumb and barely any fun <laughs> to me. And the only thing I can think of the song is good for is kids dancing. Like you said, it's it's like it's not made to have any like artistic integrity. It's made mm. to get people jumping up and down. Yeah. And I find that boring. Um, I think even like and this isn't even just a, a bash against dance music. There is dance music out there where artists go de- in depth with how they created it and what they, the effort they put forth. Mm-hmm. This feel doesn't even feel like it has effort behind it. This feels like someone borrowed a blues riff from five different songs yeah, and uh, changed up some lyrics to make it appeal to as broad a demographic as possible right. and made it big off of that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I don't know. So I really think, uh, you, you know, when you get a chance, I really think you should look up this music video because uh, I am uh, honestly, it's it's too amazing not to talk about. You know, the the video that I found, um, which had the most views about it from it, and it had it seemed to be the initial uh, music video. It had it cuts from a foreign language TV show, uh, so I don't know what show was playing before, but it cuts from that TV show, and then the song plays. And, you know, it's just this guy, he just yells out um, the one, two, three, four in Spanish. So that was uh, just kind of caught me off guard. Uh, The dude that is playing the saxophone, he's got like this face covering um, that he's wearing. And it's just like he's still like pretending to play the saxophone. And it's just hilarious just to watch that pretend, like watch him pretend there. Um, And then there's this really weird situation. Like there's two women. There's one in a fancy dress, and she's standing there, uh, I'm guessing, to try to draw attention of the viewers. But then there's this other who is standing in almost completely plain clothes, like nothing fancy, just very plain clothes. Um, She's not like she's compared to the other person. Obviously, she's the more plain looking of the two, but she's she's standing in the exact middle of where they are performing doing nothing she's just standing there looking into the camera at all times and you know i'm just it's something that you would see in like an snl skit like a saturday night live skit i just couldn't believe that it was actually happening in front of me and then 
just as it came on, the song finishes, and it just, poof, it goes away, and it's back to the TV show. And you're left wondering, did that actually happen? And, oh my gosh, you, you, gotta, you gotta watch it. I'll definitely look it up sometime. I think something else we can chalk up to being invented throughout this time that we don't think about is the music video. Um, the music video didn't become a serious art form until the 80s, but still... Um, this was like the <laughs> the the grandfather of all that. Right. Yeah. And it's it's very weird. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe when we when music videos start becoming more prominent, we can give it bonus points or take away bonus points for yeah, the, right. the video. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, all right. So overall, I give it ones across the board. Music, lyrics, overall, it's a three out of nine. It's just it's inoffensive, dumb fun like and don't even get me wrong when i say dumb i don't even mean like you can have stuff that's nonsense that's still hilarious or thoughtful or feels like it had effort put into it mm-hmm. i just i don't know i'm sure i'm sure this uh the sam guy is probably a very talented guy he he probably does write thoughtful lyrics and does interesting music and i just haven't heard it this song is just not representative of that yeah, and yeah, um, you know, I just didn't like it. I just, I, I give it a three out of nine, and that's just because it's competent. At, at least it's a song. Mm. Um, it's just it's a boring song, but it's a song. So that's that's sure. my thoughts. <laughs> Well, you know, overall, this track is one that could possibly get stuck in your head and you might want to find a place to dance it out because it is it, it's a kind of a fun track if you're not like focused on it. Um, but overall, if, if I was making a dance mixtape or if I was making a party mixtape, this is not going to be a song you're going to find on there. Um, so overall, so I gave the music a one because I really still enjoyed that saxophone solo it was just a, a really good time with that. The lyrics, they gave a, a, a half a point. Um, I really, I mean, you know, now that I think about it, now that I'm working it out, you know, honestly, I think I'm going to move that down to a, just a straight zero for lyrics. Zero points in terms of lyrics because it's just, they're gibberish. There doesn't make any sense. There's no inventiveness. And uh, they're they're just fillers. They're just fillers. So I'm going to break that down. Um and then overall, I went ahead and gave it a one and a half just because, man, that that initial that saxophone solo is just it's really cool. And the sheer amount of enjoyment that I got from watching the music video, not because I enjoyed what I was watching, but because it just I couldn't understand or comprehend what I was watching. So I gave it a, a one and a half. So that goes all to a, a two and a half out of nine. Man, we were uh, pretty close to agreeance on that. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, so that's that song, guys. Um, let us know what you think. Um, feel free to contact us or whatever, leave comments on this very podcast. We'd like to hear your thoughts on these songs. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear what people think of that music video because, wow, it's, it's just so much fun. And I think it's hilarious. All right. Well, until next time, we will talk to you later. Till next time. Samuel. And I'm JP. And this has been a Brothers King Media production. Mm